It is the lollipop episode of the Lock on Giants podcast. Oh, and of course, Twitter Tuesday coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trina here with you, and as you can see, this is the lollipop episode. That's right. Thank you so much, you guys and gals. You did it. You helped me get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you so much. I cannot say that enough. Um, my reward, lollipops. As I've been saying all along since day one when I started this channel. And uh, I don't know what 2000 stands for, what, what I would get with 2000, but hey, let's keep it going if we can. Hit that subscribe button, hit that little bell for notifications. And I'll do my part by trying to bring you the best possible content here on the Lachlan Giants podcast, everything you need to know about the New York Giants. And uh, today's lollipop episode, and I promise I won't be waving these around all, all show long, but uh, today's episode is uh, Twitter Tuesday. So we are going to answer your questions. Um, now, for those of you who sent in questions last week that didn't make it onto the podcast, I did answer them in the Giants Country mailbag. And the reason why I did that is because I didn't want them to go stale or, or get to the point where, you know, they answered themselves. So I will put a link to that mailbag in the show notes so that uh, you can go back and see if your question was answered because there were a lot. And I, I know I picked up a lot and put them in that mailbox. But um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about uh, your questions. But first, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes um, that came out today. Leonard Williams, who suffered an elbow injury in the loss to the Chargers, um, according to the NFL Network, he is potentially looking at missing some time with that injury. Now, we don't know if indeed that's the, that's what's going to happen. We don't know if it does happen. How long is he going to be out for? But boy, oh boy, when it rains, it pours for this Giants team, doesn't it? I mean, goodness, these injuries are just absolutely ridiculous. And just no matter what research you do, no matter who you ask, it's just how do you stop this? It just seems like year after year, this team gets so banged up. So I don't know what the answer is, but um, you know, we'll keep asking the questions as best we can. But anyway, in addition, uh, Kadarius Tony, who has been sidelined with an oblique injury for like, I think the last three or four games, he tested positive for COVID according to, to reports. And uh, that means he is on the reserve COVID list. Again, this is the second time Tony has last has landed on that reserve COVID list. So I don't know how close he was to returning this weekend when the Giants host Dallas, but um, he's looking at potentially being absent for at least 10 days if he tested positive and was not um, vaccinated. Um, if he was vaccinated, I believe he has to produce two negative tests within a uh, 24 hour period. And I think remain asymptomatic for a 48 hour period. So We'll see what happens there. And then I know a lot of you are wondering about Daniel Jones and what's going on with him. No news is good news there. 
Jones did go back to New Jersey a day earlier. Actually, he went back right after the Giants game um, out in Los Angeles. And um, he had a test today. He had another MRI. And my understanding is, is uh, the films were sent around and doctors, various doctors who have consulted on Jones's case are looking at him. And I think there would have to be a consensus amongst those doctors for Jones to be cleared. And until there is a consensus that, you know, taking a hit will not do further damage to his neck. I'm not so sure he plays now fingers crossed that he will, because um, Mike Lennon, good guy, but uh, there's a drop off, let's say at quarterback. So we'll see if uh, Daniel Jones can make it back this week. All right. So that's getting you caught up on the latest with uh, the late breaking news that happened. And of course, remember, you can always check out giants country for all the written work and analysis um, and, and all the little videos and stuff that we're putting up there as well. So, all right, we are going to do a Twitter Tuesday. So let me kick that off. I'm going to start with the questions that were received via email. So we have about nine questions today. And I'm going to start off with Andrew G's question, who asks, who would you want as the next general manager? Andrew, I honestly haven't given any thought to it yet. I, I've just been, you know, last week, obviously, I was tied up um, laying my mom to rest. Um, this week, I've been trying to get everything caught up with, uh, stay ahead, of, one step ahead with deadlines and work and all that stuff. But I haven't really given it some thought. I think what I will do is this weekend on Saturday, I will actually sit down you know, that's assuming, of course, that my booster shot doesn't knock me out. But um, this weekend, I will sit down and I will start putting together a list and kind of looking at the pros and cons and potential replacements for Dave Gettleman if he should retire, like I believe will be the case. So um, hold on to that question, Andrew. If you want to check back with me next week, uh, feel free to. Um, and I'll be happy to, I should have some more information for you then as to who I would think might be a candidate, but um, I will tell you this much. I think whoever the next candidate is going to be, he's going to have ties to Joe Judge in some way, shape, or form, which, by the way, I would think would be a mistake. But again, I'll talk more about that as we get a little closer and as I do my research. All right. Um, next email question. This one came from Yerzy A E U R Y. A, the last name starting with A. I hope I said that right. Um, okay, so Erzy wants to know, um, the Giants front office is so blind, knowing that Daniel Jones did very well in Pat Shermer's offense. If they knew that, why didn't they hire an offensive coordinator that fits Jones's strengths? Or should I say someone that is of, that is similar of the West Coast offense? Um, that's a real good question. For, so thank you for that question, by the way. I know you're a first time, um, first time you're submitting a question to, to the podcast. Really good question. Um, the only answer I can think of is that I never got the impression that Jason Garrett was Joe Judge's first choice for a uh, for offensive coordinator. I think, and this is just my opinion, that um, when Joe Judge was hired, I believe he initially wanted, um, I believe it was Brian DeBowell up in, in Buffalo. And when he couldn't get him, uh, 
Jason Garrett had just, after being jerked around by the Cowboys who basically held on to him and prohibited him from, from interviewing with any, for any other jobs until his contract expired, Jason Garrett was kind of left out on the lurch, so to speak. So because Garrett had ties to the Giants organization from years ago, my guess is that maybe uh, John Mara suggested Jason Garrett, uh, or either John Mara or, or Dave Gettleman might have suggested Garrett to Joe Judge. And look, when you're a new employee, you've just been promoted to a, to a role that you've never held before in any organization, and your boss has come to you and say, hey, it's your decision, but I really think you should you know, consider this guy. Chances are you're going to consider that guy. You're not going to tell your boss, your boss, no, I don't want him. I want my own guy. That's what I think happened. I have no proof of that. That is just my theory. I think moving forward, you are going to see the Giants offensive system change, maybe go back to that West Coast hybrid type that Jones ran so well. Um, whether Freddie Kitchens is going to run it, I can't say at this point. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to probably be someone with ties to Joe Judge. I mean, that seems to be the, the trend with his coaching staff, guys that, uh, you know, that are, are in that system. So now here's the other thing. If they do go back to that system, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with the personnel that they've assembled because, you know, you want guys that can catch the short pass and then take off. So can Kenny Galladay fit in that system? I think he can, but, you know, he's more of a vertical type of guy. Um, I think Kadarius Tony can fit in that system. Um, you know, the receivers are going to have to shake that group up anyway. So I'd be curious to see what they do if they do go and hire an offensive coordinator who goes back to that hybrid type of um, offense. West Coast Ovens. So thank you for that question. I appreciate it. And please submit more questions to the mailbag in future weeks. Um, okay. And let's see. The next question comes from, ah, we've got several from Renato P who always sends in some great questions. So I have all four of them here on the screen. I'm just going to kind of roll through them. Um, the first couple ones, uh, let me a- answer the first two on the list, um, since they're kind of related, is there a light at the end of the tunnel, which, which isn't a train wreck for this team? And do you do some meditation not to freak out with this team? Um, the second question, Renato, is I don't meditate. I also kind of have been conditioned to not take a win or a loss too personally. Look, there's bigger things in life than to let the outcome of a football game or a baseball game or any sporting event influence you. And I know that's, that sounds maybe a little insensitive to some of you who do take this seriously, but look, I learned when I had cancer that, you know, there are bigger things in life than to worry about stuff that is beyond your control, that you worry about what you can control and what you can't control. You just, you know, you sit there and you kind of watch and you be an observer and you handle it as best as you can. So now I don't meditate. Um, let's see. Now the light at the end of the tunnel depends on when you're talking. Um, I do think at some point they're going to get better. Is it going to be this year? No. Is it going to be next year? Probably not. Will it be the year after that? To be determined. 
at some point, you know, a te- teams tend to run in cycles where they, they're bad for a number of years and then they get good and then they go back. I mean, not too long ago, a few years ago, the Jaguars, who right now are, are a bigger mess than the Giants, they were actually knocking on the door of, of the AFC championship. So it kind of goes in cycles, I think. And I think you just have to have faith that it will get better. Now, um, that is contingent on the decisions made by ownership. Obviously, I don't think Dave Gettleman should be retained, given you know the shortcomings of, of putting together this roster, especially the offensive line. Um, my jury is still out on Joe Judge. I am of the opinion that Judge now will... Uh, be retained for an extra year for a couple reasons. Number one, um, next year, I believe is the last year the Giants have to pay off Pat Shermer's uh, contract. And I really don't think the Giants want to have to pay three guys um, if they get rid of Joe. So I think you give him, you know, Joe had a four-year contract, if I'm not mistaken. So you give him, um, you know, another year. And then if he doesn't work out, then you can get rid of him. And you're only on the hook for one more year to have having to pay him. So I think that's going to factor into the equation. And I also think that, you know, even though this is not an excuse, nor should it be, I think ownership's going to look at the ridiculous amount of injuries that this team had. And look, besides Joe having to learn and grow in his position, learn and grow up with some of these policies that you have and these practices, because what worked in Alabama, what worked in New England, ain't working here. This is a different team that's in a different place in, in its development. So you may have to tweak a few things, and that includes how you train these guys, um, conditioning, all that good stuff. So th- that's my response to your first two questions. Um, all right, your last two questions, even though Joe Judge doesn't throw any players under the bus, do you feel the locker room isn't yet in sync with him? where some players might have thrown in the towel already. That's kind of hard to answer, Renato, because we're not allowed in the locker room because of COVID. So I can't honestly sit there and tell you, you know, who's got his face in his playbook, who's sitting around playing cards or joking around or anything like that. I don't get to see that like I used to. And I miss that, to be honest with you, because that used to tell me a lot about certain guys and how seriously they were taking things. So I can't, you know, unfortunately give you a solid answer there. Um, now, your last question, given the last, I'm sorry, given the list of players who are on IR are barely able to play like Kadarius Tony, how much can you consider misfortune for these injuries and how much can be put to blame for coaches and medical staff? Ooh, wow. Um, here's my feeling about the injury situation. And again, you know, I'm not a doctor, haven't completed my, my medical degree yet. Broken bones and things like that, that those, that's just a, a function of the game. Muscle strains, tweaks, um, ligament strains and all that stuff. I would question the training practices. Now, someone, you know, I've said this before, I've made this comparison on the show before, that if you overtrain your ligaments, they're like rubber bands. Ultimately, they're going to tear and you're going to have hurts, you know? So I don't see, obviously, how often these guys are training. I don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. You know, again, when we were in the building, 
and we got to walk through the building, you know, from the press room to the locker room, you would see guys doing yoga, you would see guys getting massages. So you knew kind of what each guy was doing. We don't have that advantage anymore. So I can't sit here and say, okay, they're not on a massage schedule or, or yoga schedule or fascial stretch, myofascial stretching schedule. You know, you know what I mean? So um, I'm going to say it's probably a combination of the game and just misfortunes that happen. And some of it may be an, a, a byproduct of the training and and I hate to say that because I don't know for sure that it's the training, but it's the only thing I can think of. So thank you for your questions. As always, Renato, stay safe. And if I don't hear from you, have a happy holiday. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, you listen to podcasts and specifically the Locked on Giants podcast for the power of knowledge and to find out all you need to know about the Giants and to get some ideas and whatnot. So why not switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money? Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone and three unlimited data lines for only $30 a month per line, which includes access to one of America's largest 5G networks, the fastest network available. With all that money you'll save, just think of all the knowledge you'll be able to get and how powerful you will become. Find out today. Switch to Boost Mobile, and for a limited time only, get your free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. Visit BoostMobile.com to find out how you can start saving. Terms and conditions apply, and again, that's BoostMobile.com. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Lollipop Show, a.k.a. Twitter Tuesday. But first, Super Bowl 56 at Los Angeles' SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food prepared by the legendary chef Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. All right, Giant fans, you are on the Lollipop episode. That's right, 1,000 subscribers in. And again, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. So actually, this is a Twitter Tuesday and um, answering your questions. So now I'm going to turn to the six that I received via Twitter. And I'm going to start off with one that I, I'm sure this person's going to be surprised that I'm answering it, but I wanted to answer this. This comes from Abby Judge fan account, who very uh, nicely asks, why should we trust you to cover the team objectively after you spent so much time trying to convince us? that we were the crazy ones and not Gettleman. First off, uh, draft stash, at draft stash. Thank you for the question. And yes, I am going to answer it. And I'm going to just, you know, remind you of something, okay? I am by nature a very optimistic person. I give people the benefit of the doubt. That's just how I am, all right? Even if if, if I have reservations about someone or something, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until they prove me wrong otherwise. 
All right. So when Joe, uh, I'm sorry, when Dave Gettleman was hired, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I wanted to think it would work. You know, I, I, I had known Dave from when he was with the organization earlier. I like the man, you know, he's a cancer survivor. Like I am um, nothing personal with him. I wanted to think that he could get it fixed. And I remember back in the day, actually, before he left for Carolina, he was actually the go-to guy for offensive linemen and defensive linemen. If you remember, if you go back and you sync it up, uh, when Gettleman left, that's when the quality of offensive linemen and defensive linemen that they were getting went downhill. All right. So when Dave came back, which I kind of figured he would at the time, didn't, didn't mean that I wanted him over Lewis Riddick or, you know, any of the other candidates um, kind of knew that that's how the organization was thinking. So I said, okay, I'm going to give Dave the benefit of the doubt. I mean, if you had been hired draft stash, I would have given you the benefit of the doubt. All right. It's again, just how I am. All right. Now, if you have been watching the show lately, if you have been listening to me, if you have been reading the articles on giants country, I have said over and over that Dave Gettleman will not be back next year, that there is no way to justify it. All right. He proved otherwise, you know, he, his shortcoming with the offensive line showed me that, look, you know, the benefit of the doubt is gone. All right. Up next, we have a question from, let's see, this is a Twitter question from Texas wine lover. Uh, We are still waiting to hear on the news about Daniel Jones. I like Daniel Jones. But is this the best opportunity for negative news so that the team can move on without saving face? Um, I'm assuming you mean, can the t- when you say negative news, them shutting him down, can the team move on without, without saving face? I think that's what you mean. Um, no, I, I don't see anything positive coming out of it if they shut him down. They have him under contract for next year. And um, look, you know, here's how I feel. Daniel's in his third season. They kind of sort of know what they have in him. But that said, they've also had multiple systems for him. All right. At least two systems. So I don't know how long it takes to fully evaluate a quarterback. I would think you would probably want to see him in the same system for a full two to three years. Um, But uh, I I don't see any positive coming out of, you know, oh, let's save face by shutting him down so that, you know, we can move on from him quietly. I I, I just don't see that happening. So sorry, I, I, I don't get that line of thinking at all. Okay. Uh, next question is another Twitter question, and this is from Big Mo or at Big Mister Ninety Nine. Would it be wrong of me as a diehard, exhausted fan to pay a cowboy fan to take my two lower level seats for this upcoming game? Hey, listen, man, you do what you got to do. Nobody's going to judge, right? I mean, nobody knows your name, obviously. Uh, because you're hiding behind a Twitter handle. So if you want to sell your tickets, go for it. I mean, who am I to say no or yes? I don't hand out giant membership cards. So do what you got to do, man. 
All right, Giant fans, more still to come on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, if you're looking for some colorful and comfortable apparel, you've got to check out Stan's. Founded in 2009, Stan's apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stan's brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborations for the ultimate in style and self-expression so that you can express who you are through their multiple style options. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in so that those that feel good do good. Go see for yourself, register for your account today at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use our promo code locked on at checkout to apply and enjoy the color and comfort of life less ordinary with stance. All right, giant fans, you've got the locked on giants podcast with Patricia Trena. This is a Twitter Tuesday and we are celebrating the lollipop show. Yes. I said, I wouldn't bring it out anymore, but this is a lollipop. It's a real lollipop. And uh, I actually had a, don't tell anybody this, but I actually had a keep my husband from grabbing it because he wanted to grab it and taste it. And I said, nope, mine, not taking it. So yes, this is for a thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel. Um, those of you who are listening to the show on uh, our audio platforms, it's basically a oversized lollipop, like what you would see, you know, from those old timey movies, maybe a little smaller rainbow flavor. Um, and Hey, look, I may not eat this. I'm not much into lollipops, but hey, it's the thought that counts, right? So anyway, let us get back to your remaining questions. We have a few more to go and then we'll wrap things up. So let's kick this off with one from Ruben M, Empire PR man. He asks, more players have regressed in performance that improve injuries play a role but besides that, what percentage of regression do you attribute towards coaches, players, and front office not putting players in ideal situations? I know it's a tough question. Yeah, Ruben, it is a tough question because everybody is different. So there's no one formula that I could say, okay, it's 50% coaching, 20% injuries, and, and you know, the rest is on the player himself. Everybody learns differently. Everybody um, gets it differently. Um, some guys need different type of training than others. Um, not everybody learns the same. So what I will tell you is this, Ruben, um, I do think some of the schemes have played into what we have seen with regression. Specifically, I'm thinking of James Bradbury and the times they have asked him to play off coverage so far off that, you know, he can't catch up to a guy uh, because speed is not his game. Um, I'm trying to think. Evan Ingram, you know, I've been screaming for years about Evan Ingram and how they have um, asked him to play the role of the inline tight end, which is not a fit for him. I've also been screaming recently about how Jason Garrett had him run stick routes or comeback routes, which is not his strength. And the Giants, thankfully, have started to move away from that. And Ingram has performed a little bit better. So I do think a good share of this is on the coaching. I can't give you a percentage. I think um, for those who have been injured, that has gotten in the way. Like, you know, the other day when Kyle Rudolph 
caught that 60 yard pass. The first thing I thought when, while watching him run was my God, he got slow. You could see, I think uh, that his surgically repaired foot maybe is still a little bit of a problem, just maybe. Um, so I, I thought that, so, so yeah, Ruben, it, it, it's a tough question to, 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 you know, paint a broad stroke with it. It, it varies according to people, you know, the, it, the different players. So, um, you know, that's the best answer I can give you. I hope that's, that at least gives you something, uh, to chew on. So thank you for your question as always. All right. Uh, let's see. We have a couple more, I believe, um, Guacamodo. If the Giants need a low-cost caretaker quarterback for two years while they rebuild the offensive line and draft Bryce Young, wouldn't Sam Darnold make a ton of sense? No, 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 no. Sam Darnold was in New York. He got eaten alive. No, I, I, I don't see them bringing Sam Darnold in here. Come on. Why would you bring the guy back and do that to him? You know, there's, there's going to be other options, I think, if the Giants decide to go in that direction. And quite honestly, I suspect they are going to stay with Daniel Jones next year. Um, fix the offensive line and just see what you have in this kid once and for all in whatever system it is. Joe Judge is going to want to run moving forward. So, all right, one more question and we'll wrap it up. This is from Ski Fam in Vermont. I don't think either Jones or Barkley have earned a second contract. Do the Giants agree? I don't know what the Giants think. I can tell you what I think, but I can't speak for the Giants. That's the other path. <laughs> um, I do not think Saquon Barkley should get a, uh, right now, I don't think I would give him, um, make him the highest paid running back in the NFL. Definitely not. Would I give him a second contract? Right now, I would say no because of the injury situation, but he is under contract for next year. So let me see what he does when he's two years removed from uh, that ACL surgery, and hopefully the ankle injury is healed up. As for Daniel Jones, again, same situation. He's under contract next year. Let me see what he could do behind a functional offensive line. He really hasn't had that um, since he's come here. So I'm not quite ready to say, yeah, let's move on from him. All right. Um, let's see. You also have another question here. If the Giants don't renegotiate any big contracts, resign players before the end of the year, is that any indication that they will leave that to a new GM? That has nothing to do with it, to be honest with you. They don't have cap money to do it. That's the biggest factor here. This team is screwed with the cap next year. They are going to have to cut guys next year in order to clear cap space. They don't even have enough right now. And I think they're actually in the red, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, by I want to say about seven or eight million, but they don't even have enough to sign their draft class. So they are going to have to cut. Now, let's say for, for argument's sake, they did have enough money to resign certain guys. Who would you resign at this point? It's going to be a free agent. I don't have the list in front of me, but off the top of my head, I don't know that there's anybody in that group of free agents. And I know Will Hernandez is one. Lorenzo Carter is another. Um, trying to think who else. And then you have a bunch of guys on one-year deals. I don't think there's anybody that I would, you know, bend over backwards to get resigned. Now, um, 
as far as, you know, a new GM coming in, ideally you want to make sure that that individual um, has as much resources as possible, has as much autonomy to fix the roster, however uh, is necessary. Um, So, yeah, that's, I know what you're getting at, but you know, the reality of the situation is it just doesn't matter because they don't have the cap space. All right. Now that was the last of the Twitter questions, but there's one other thing I wanted to talk about really quick. And that is this whole notion about if a new GM does come in, which I do think is, is a very strong possibility. What about Joe judge? Now here is what I think will happen again, just my thought here. I think that, you know, yes, ideally you want to say that the new GM, we're going to start from scratch, whatever you want, you got it. You know, kind of like what the Giants did in 79 with George Young. George Young came in and he was able to basically pick the coach, pick the quarterback and go from there. All right. That's how it should be done. I do not think that's how it will be done in uh, 2022. What I do think is going to happen If Dave Gettleman retires and a new GM comes in, I suspect that new GM is going to be told, look, let's stick with Judge and Daniel Jones for a year. Give him a one-year trial. See how it goes. You know, you fix the offensive line. You fix the roster however you see fit. You know, you work with Joe to, to, to fix things up. And we will go from there. We'll evaluate Joe and Daniel and whether or not to move on from them after 2022. Now here's the danger with that though. The new GM has to be able to get along and work with Joe judge. My concern, because Joe judge, I think is going to have a little bit of a say as to who the new GM is. He's going to be able to go to ownership and say, yes, I can work with this guy or no, I can't work with this guy, but here's where ownership has to be. Um, They have to dig in a little bit. You cannot, in my opinion, bring in a Joe judge crony because the concern I would have in that case is that, Hey, you know, Joe brought me in. So maybe I'm going to be a little bit more lenient with him than say someone who doesn't have any kind of allegiance to him. That would be my big concern with Joe judge potentially having any kind of say over who the next GM is. They do have to get along. They do have to work together. So you do have to have the two of them talk at some point during the interview process. But um, at the end of the day, here's hoping that the Giants ownership brings in the right guy. And hopefully, you know, I'm hoping from somebody from the outside, to be honest with you, I don't want to see a promotion from within. Um, Get some new thoughts in there. Get some new ideas. Now, whether or not they do, we'll see. I think it's going to be very interesting once the season is over. um, Because again, I do not think Dave Gettleman is going to be back, nor do I think he should be back. So we'll see if the Giants agree. All right, guys and gals, that is going to do it for today's episode. Again, thank you uh, for tuning in and listening and subscribing. And if you like the show, be sure to Drop a comment if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on any of our audio platforms. Uh, We'd appreciate a review. I mean, you know, uh, good or bad, we read them all and 
we do what we can to fix what you don't like and what we we do what we can to continue what you do like. So uh, please give us a review, subscribe to the podcast if you're not already doing so. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. I'm going to kick off a uh, mini series that will start that I think um, you guys and gals are going to enjoy. At least I hope you will. And um, until then, everybody have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow.